Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. What's going on, good people? What up, what up, and welcome to episode 135 of the FIGHT podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente. And today, man, I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. I'm, I don't know if it's, I mean, my feelings or I just got these hot takes, man, because uh, there, there was some news that popped this weekend, man. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, the fights, I was hating, man. I was talking trash, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm keeping that same energy. So today, what we're going to go ahead and do, we're obviously going to talk about possibly the biggest news of the week, which is Conor McGregor. I know, I know, I know. I'm sure by this point in time, you've heard everybody's takes on it. But check it out, man. This is my take on it. And uh, I'm going to get to that in just a little bit, man. But he finally came out. He had a 40-some-odd-minute interview with Ariel Hawani of ESPN. And it was him addressing a lot of different things from punching old dudes in the face to who he wants to fight next, man. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. Also, uh, we have to talk about the the big boxing match this weekend. Sergey Kovalev is back and in a big way. We'll see what's next for him and his next possible opponent. Um, but obviously, we have to go ahead and talk about Bellator 225 as well, man. I Look, I hope you've all had an amazing weekend. I hope you have an amazing week coming up. Uh, it's it's Fall is coming, man. You can tell. It's in the air. Um, it's getting a little bit cooler here in Chicago. Granted, it's like 80 today, but it's like 65 at night, man. So we're starting to feel it a little bit. Um, I can't lie, man. By far, for me, fall is the best season of the uh, of all four seasons. I love fall. I love spring and then probably winter, then summer. Because even though summertime shy is the best city in the world, it's hot. And I like layering, man. I like fashion. I want to be able to layer some clothes up, throw on, you know, a hoodie with a dope jacket, some jeans, some dope boots. That's my vibe, man. That's my vibe. So I'm going to try to keep that going this year. Um, What else? What else? Yo, look, I know I don't talk about it a lot. Yo, there was some fire music that came out this past week. I have been vibing all weekend long, yo. Um, First and foremost, Rhapsody. Rhapsody is one of the top three lyricists in the game. Look, I'm a huge hip-hop fan, so top three lyricists in the game, regardless on gender, man. She's in the same breath as the J. Coles and the Kendrick. Rhapsody is amazing. She just had a fire album drop this week called Eve. I've been vibing to that all weekend. Um, St. John is another dude. He has a really dope vibe. If you haven't listened to his music, it's a little bit... 
It's a little Prince. It's a little Lenny Kravitz. It's a little hip hop. It's a little rock star life. So I'm a big fan of Buddy. So uh, he had a dope album that dropped. And yo, I have never look. I'm an R&B dude, right? Uh, grew up, you know, obviously born '86. You know, grew up in the '90s. Uh, love R&B, but yo, this young lady, Snow Allegra, dropped an album called Ugh those feels again look i'm gonna say it again the album is literally called uh those feels again and man yo i feel like sade is coming back down and serenading me man i have been really vibing to that man and I, you know what man I, I always listen to music before i go ahead and toss on a pod man um when we're getting everything set up over here and i'm telling you oh bro i have been just singing my little heart away all weekend man i love it she got some dope vibes but uh speaking of dope vibes let's go ahead and jump on into it man um bellator 225 took place in connecticut um look man i shit on this card i said it aside from a handful of individuals it's a regional show and Yo, this fight, entertainment value-wise, again, strictly based on entertainment, <laughs> this fight definitely delivered, yo. Um, check out these numbers. It is already being heralded as the most violent event in major MMA history. 14 fights. 14 finishes. I'm going to say it one more time for you guys because I don't think you heard me. 14 fights. 14 finishes. That's unheard of, yo. Seven KOs, seven submissions. The fastest submission in Bellator history, 11 seconds by this young man, 19 years old, bro. Uh, this dude is Aviv Gasali. King Gasali on uh on IG. Yo, jumped out there, man, busting Imanari roll right from the jump, got his opponent, slapped on the heel hook. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you have not had an opportunity to check it out, it is one of the most dope submission finishes you will ever see in combat sports, man. So really, really dope uh subs there. But let me keep on telling you a little bit about these numbers. Nine first round finishes, three second round finishes. Two third round finishes, four fights in less than two minutes. Bro, nuts. Entertainment wise, oh, everybody's talking about how great the event is. Oh, everybody's talking about how dope the card was, and it was entertaining. There were some standouts, and I'm gonna talk about those dudes in a minute. But before I get to that, yo, this fight card was still doo doo. Doo doo. Fam, 14 fights, 14 finishes, wholeheartedly. Pretty much solidifies exactly what I said from the very beginning. This is a regional card, man. Top quality MMA fighters do not get finished that easily. Did you look at the records of some of these dudes? These people were journeymen. They put badass dudes against journeymen and ladies, and they got smoked. They got absolutely smoked. I learned absolutely dick from this card. Now, 
I'm going to continue shitting on this card in a hot second because guess what? Bellator, you are still in last place. What, what do we look? What are we doing? So let's go ahead. I'm, I'm going to talk about my highlights of the, of the, uh, the weekend. First and foremost, my boy. One of my favorites, man, a uh, friend of the show, Ricky Bandejas, finally got off the schneid and um, and got a first round uh, KO. Looked beautiful, man. If you haven't checked it out, uh, you can see his uh, IG. Also, Robin Black, um, the amazing uh, journalist, breakdown guy, YouTube dude for MMA, uh, whatever you want to call him. He's incredible. Robin Black MMA is, is great. Um, but he he did a quick uh, breakdown on IG, one minute breakdown. And Ricky Bandera has did such an amazing job in being able to go ahead as his opponent was coming forward at him. He was able to literally brush away the left hook from his opponent at the same time that he was brushing away the left hook with his right hand. He switched stances protected his face with one hand and then loaded back up with the exact same hand that he literally pushed his opponent's hand by landed the perfect right hook boom right on the chin opponent went stiff copper hammer fist my man's back in the game man great great um win by ricky bandejas and one thing that i want to talk about ricky is he finally made a move not saying that i'm shitting on his team that he was with but he moved to in my opinion the best MMA team in the game today, American top team. Good shit, man. Finally went down there to American top team and is now being trained by the great King Mola Wall. King Mola Wall, man, look, yes, he was an amazing athlete. Yes, one of the greatest wrestlers we knew. Yes, crazy hype coming out of the trials, crazy hype getting into MMA. Won a couple belts, lost. He's had his ups, he had his downs. But one thing, he has always been a student of the game. King Mo is one of those guys that I used to watch him do the commentary for Ryzen. And when you hear this dude speak, man, he really understands not just Ryzen glory, kickboxing as well. He's been all over the place. And he is actually Ricky Bandejas' head coach. He recently retired and now he is... Um, one of the head coaches over there at American Top Team, along with Mike Brown. Dude, they have incredible facility. They have an incredible coaching staff. They have an owner of the facility who is willing to give them as much money as he possibly can to make sure he has the best athletes in the world. Dude, American Top Team is really doing it right now. So, look, shout out to Ricky Banderas. Awesome Vanderford looked good as well. Um, aka Mr. Van Zant. How he moved up to 185, did work. Um, but not surprised. He's legit. He actually should be in the UFC right now, but Bellator picked him up. So good for them. Um, the main event, uh, actually, real quick, let me talk about Nick Newell. Nick Newell, um, this is a great story. Nick Newell is one of those guys whom fought for the WSOF, did really well, lost the title shot to Justin Gaethje when he was there. But here's the special thing about him. My man has one hand. 
not just one hand, literally from the elbow down, there's nothing on his right side or his left side, one of the two. But he he literally has a nub, not trying to talk shit. He just has one arm. He was born like that. He's pretty much right at the elbow. So what he's able to do is he uses that instead of like popping a jab, he, he'll use it like an elbow. Crack people, really, really solid wrestling. And he is a great coach. A lot of different things. Has his own gym in the Connecticut area. Um, he goes out there, fought an opponent that is five and four, and Bellator was trying to make this seem as if this was going to be a legitimate fight. He had a one fight deal to finally perform at the big leagues. He had an opportunity with the UFC in the contender series. He did not get the victory, so the UFC did not pick him up. And now he went over to Bellator. He won his one fight deal. and It seems like he's going to go ahead and fight again. This is a feel-good story. I love it, but I'm also realistic. Is he going to beat the best guys in the world? No. Is he going to come close? No. Give him a top striker with not being able to block with one arm. Good luck. If anyone takes his back, he's not going to be able to defend it. Why? Because he cannot fight with the hands with both hands because he only has one. This is a great story. I'm happy to hear about it. But what is his future and his longevity at the top of the sport? It's not happening. And I'm sorry to say, but it's not. All right. Um, the main event, there's a little controversy with this. Um, this is Matt Mitrione versus Sergey Korotonov. The first fight was stopped because a swift kick to the nuts by Matt Mitrione to Korotonov. He could not, um, um, he could not, get back and he couldn't uh respond to the bell he was hurt from the nut shot so this was a rematch um matt mitrione's mouthpiece kept falling out thursday matt mitrione says that he lost his mouthpiece so he got an impression and he got the mouthpiece just before he was able to go out there and compete right so he got it the mouthpiece because of that fell out four times now he says it wasn't the mouthpiece that caused him to lose. It was his lack of focus. What happened? Second round, his mouthpiece falls out for the fourth time. He looks at it. At the same moment they looks at it, Karatonov cracks him with a huge uppercut. Huge knee puts him out. It's unfortunate. It is. I hate that that happened. Is it something, a fight that I would like to see again? Sure, why not? I mean, but losing a Karatone off is nothing to sneeze at. He is, he's a legend of the game, man. He's been in, he's fought in pride. He's beat Overeem. He's beat some great names. He's been in there with the best of the best. There's no no shame in losing a Sergey Karatone off. Um, but all in all, man, the event itself, I'm, I'm not enthusiastic as, as as so many other individuals, man. Other people are making it seem like this is the best event since sliced bread because of all the things. For a casual fan whom doesn't really want to see quality fighters, okay, I guess. But let's be honest. Again, this was a regional show. What does that mean? This is not the same caliber as... A UFC, which they're putting a doo-doo card coming up also, which we'll talk about shortly. This is not a one championship. This isn't even a PFL card. People are not going... This, this These guys and girls who are getting scuffed in this are truly amateur level fighters. 
I hate to shit on you guys like that. I really do. But I expect better from an organization that in the past I've heralded as one of the best and continue growing as one of the greatest organizations out there. I love parody in MMA. I love the fact that fighters have options. You do not have to sit back and stay with one organization. Once your contract runs out, I love that fighters are able to go ahead and say, look, I don't like your deal. I'm going to go ahead and bless one of these other organizations with my talent. I'm not shitty with that in the least. But what I am shitty about is it is an organization putting on a shit show like this. And the next thing you know, you guys are going to sit there and try to tell, piss on my face and tell me it's raining. Like, come on, bro. This isn't quality. All right, man. Moving right along to something that actually was quality this weekend. Boxing. Oh, thank you guys. Boxing for going ahead and giving me a great event. I'm talking about Sergey Kovalev versus Anthony Yardy. This was um, for the WBO belt, um, Kovalev's belt. Kovalev is gets the W, gets an 11th round stoppage of Anthony Yard. So how did it happen? What happened, man? Yo, this was a good fight. Um, Kovalev goes out there, um, obviously establishes his pissing like jab. Um, Buddy McGirt, man, is one of the is one of his newer coaches. Looks amazing out there. His jab looked good. Um, but he Kovalev has always been known as a front runner. Um, Anthony Yard for the first three rounds looked amazing. Starting in the fourth round, you can see that his gas tank started just surely depleting. But he did show me something. He definitely showed me that, for instance, in the eighth round, seventh and eighth round, he was able to dig deep, and then he found something. He found that Sergey Kovalev does not like going to the body. So once uh, Yard started going to the body, blasting him with huge left, left hooks to the body, yo, Kovalev started really wilting, very similar to the same way that which is hilarious because this guy was the one calling the fight in the SOG son of God, Andre Ward went out there and literally took, especially in the second fight, took Kovalev's soul by hitting him to the body. Yard starting to do the same thing. And even in the eighth round, which was Anthony Yard's eighth round, he almost stopped Kovalev. Huge left hooks to the body, huge left hooks and right hands to the head. And it seemed like if that fight continued in that manner, if Yard could have kept that going, he would have won the fight. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to. At least should I say, unfortunately for him, fortunately for Kovalev. He ended up gassing out right after that. Um, and it was interesting, even in rounds between the fight, um, his uh, buddy McGirt, who unfortunately was in the corner of Maximus Dadashev, who recently passed away a month ago, um, he is also in Kovalev's corner. And he told him, hey, man, if you do not pick up the pace, I am stopping this fight. You're getting hit too much. Kovalev picked it up, started picking him apart again with that piston like jab. And then it ended up getting a stoppage with a completely just. Look. They said this a lot in combat sports, man, but fatigue makes cowards of most men. He was extremely fatigued and he got caught with a very hard stiff jab, but it ended up dropping him. Um, didn't respond to the bell, fights over. Kovalev retains his belt. Good for him. Kudos, right? Um, now, what does this lead to? 
the fight that a lot of people in boxing have been talking about, the fight that a lot of people have wanted, Canelo Alvarez seems as if Canelo, again, the biggest name in boxing, the highest paid athlete in boxing, the man who signed a $365 million contract with DAZN and and um, and Golden Boy, he went out there um, and that is the fight that he is asking for. Kovalev also wants that fight as well. And it seems like later on this year, we're possibly going to get Sergey Kovalev versus Canelo Alvarez bumping up two weight classes to fight him. Look, man, I'm excited. I think this is a fight that we want to see. Unfortunately, no, we don't get to see Triple G, at least at this point in time with Canelo Alvarez for the trilogy. But... This is a fight that I truly believe is just as interesting as just as entertaining. Think about this. The bumping up weight classes. That in itself is always intriguing. People want to know how he's going to do against a bigger man. The powers advantage that Kovalev possibly has. People are going to talk about. How do I see the fight going? Judging based on, and I think this is the reason why, Canelo's camp actually wants this fight. It's because Kovalev is weak to the body. Where's Canelo get at? Canelo is the modern day version of a body snatcher. Fam, he goes out there and lays booms to the body with both hands. So if he is able to do that to Kovalev, he will get Kovalev out of there within the first eight rounds. Just keeping it a buck. Canelo has a great chin, he's going to have a speed advantage, and he is much younger. Kovalev is about to be 37 years old. So I understand why they're doing this, but this is the biggest fight coming up in boxing. I love it. I think this is something that's necessary, something that's going, going to happen. And um, at the end of the day, man, regardless, bro, I'm here for it. So it, it, it should be really, really dope. Um, but man, boxing continues to deliver, yo. And think about it, we still have so many big fight cards up and coming. We have the Andy Ruiz-Anthony Joshua fight, which um, Andy Ruiz just came out and finally said, yes, it's official, we're good, it is going to be in Saudi Arabia, which again, I'm not happy about, but whatever, I'm still going to watch it, come on, let's keep it a buck. We're all going to still watch it. But that's going to happen, it's it's official I believe he's getting 10 plus million dollars for this fight, which is crazy. And I'm happy that he's going to get it. He deserves it. And uh, that's a huge fight coming up. We also have Errol Spence Jr. coming up against Sean Porter uh, for the unified belt. I think that's going to be incredible as well. That's the WBC and the IBF welterweight titles. That's going to be incredible. That fight's still coming up. We also have this upcoming weekend. We have on ESPN Plus, Vasily Lomachenko everyone's pound for pound number one boxer in the game against um luke campbell who is a bad motherfucker in his own right so that's actually and it's probably the most uh lomachenko has been pushing a very long time so there are a lot of great fights that boxing has been stirring up now main events fight here fight there yes the cards in general come on a lot of them are doo-doo, but they are starting to pick up and get a bit better. Even this last fight with Kovalev and uh, Yard, the the um, prelims, or should I say the co-main event, was incredible, man. A lot of fun. So um, check those out if you have not already. All right. <sighs> Where to begin? 
Look, man, I told you. I'm keeping these hot takes today. Um, I I talk about this stuff for a number of reasons, man. Obviously, I love the sport. This is what I do. But I think a lot of people, especially individuals who have listened to me consistently, know that, one, I always side with the fighters. But I don't like fuck shit. I don't like people who make the sport look bad. I don't like people who give a black eye to the sport. And more importantly, I don't like whiny babies. Right? All right. So, where am I getting at? Conor McGregor is back. Conor McGregor had a huge um, interview um, with Ariel Hawani of ESPN. Everyone was excited to see it. Um, Conor McGregor has been silent for a very long time. He recently, the news leaked that in April, he punched an old man square in the face at a bar for not taking a drink. Before that, there are rape allegations in a case that are still going on right now. He has beef with the Irish mob. Then we could also go ahead and talk about his last UFC fight, throw, you know, throwing dollars through the window, jumping all kinds of crazy nonsense, right? He has been more drama than substance for a long time now. For all of you counter fans that are really shitty with me right now, oh, Serge, you're a hater. Oh, Serge, you this. Yo, take off your fan hat for a second and listen to this. Conor McGregor has not won a fight in over a thousand and forty something days at this point in time. Yo, that's over three years. He has not won a fight since 2016. And I know the rebuttal. Oh, one of those years he went and boxed. He lost to Floyd Mayweather. Yes, he got out grappled by a man who weighs 30 pounds less than him. I know, I know, I know. It's boxing. It's not MMA. It isn't. But regardless, he still took an L. Then he had all of his time off, came back, got completely dealt with by Khabib Nurmagomedov. Now, before I get into everything else, let, let's... Man, this, this interview was surreal. We're so accustomed to listening to Conor McGregor being... The notorious one, Mystic Mac, talking shit, calling his, calling his, you know, his number, making it happen. That is what he's known for. That is what people love about Conor McGregor. Yo, that's what I loved about Conor McGregor. He came out and again, I'm telling you, when this man came out, he was humble. He was you know, going out there talking about all he had. This is a couple quids to my name. I was getting welfare, blah, 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 blah. He's going off. He went out there. He fought the best of the best. He beat the people that they put in front of him. I'll say it again. He didn't beat. He beat the individuals that they put in front of him. They gave him definitely favorable matchups. But regardless of the fact, he took those fights, whether it be on short notice. And here's the thing. The what he, the whatever he called out, it happened, and it was a beautiful thing. And everyone was a Conor McGregor fan. He is by far the most popular fighter in MMA history, and he has helped usher in this new era of MMA. And I will never take that away from him. I will not. Regardless on how I feel about him personally, fam, I'm objective. 
I could tell you exactly how I feel about a fighter, even if I don't like somebody. Prime example, Kobe Covington. I hate his shtick. I hate what he represents. But at the end of the day, Kobe Covington's a bad motherfucker, yo. His pace, his volume, his control. Sheesh. I love watching that. So I can be objective. And I have been about Conor for a very long time. But this, this, this interview was surreal. Where was that guy? He didn't seem confident. I felt like he was lying to me. Stuttering back and forth. Stumbling over his words. Excuse after excuse after excuse. How is it possible after watching the Khabib Nurmagomedov fight, he can literally sit there and say that Khabib was running away from him? Serge, I'm a casual fan. What do you mean he was running? Yo, I just watched that fight again. Within a minute, actually not even within 30 seconds, Conor McGregor was on his butt in the first round. Second round, he got his ass beat. Third round. Oh, second round got dropped, then got his ass beat. Third round, kind of looked good for the first minute of the round, then lost the last four, three and a half minutes of the round. I'll be nice. Fourth round, he gets finished. What was he, what is he talking about? The man is delusional. It's crazy. And here's the thing. I... I heard Luke Thomas and a couple other uh, entities talking about this and they say, we're to blame. The media is to blame. You know, we've we've propped him up because we want interviews and this and this and that. And look, I'm going to double back to that because I do want to talk about Ariel Hawani. And I love Ariel Hawani. I think he's amazing. Um, I think he's one of the best in the game. And I've talked to it left and right. He did a terrible job in this interview. And I'll talk about that in a second. But let me double back to this interview. What did we learn from it? We learned that he did want to fight in July. That's what he said. Aside from his bloviating and his, you know, making excuses and all the other things. He said he wanted to fight in July, but he said he broke his hand. Why did he break his hand? He said he got into a gym fight with somebody who's supposed to be a sparring session, but it got heated and turned into a full-out fight, and he goes on to really break it down and tell us how badass he is for breaking his hand against a sparring partner. Yo, not only is that stupid, that's fucking irresponsible. So the fact that he brought that up there to try to sit there and tell me how great he was, yo, trash already, man, wrong, I'm done. Next up, he was supposed to fight Justin Gaethje. So he called out Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar, um, Tony Ferguson, Nick Diaz, Jorge Masvidal. He's just throwing names out in the bucket, bro. That means absolutely nothing. So he's throwing everybody's names out there. He said, it, you know, he was hurt. Um, all this other stuff. Is Connor, did he come off as the same guy? He didn't. He came off as kind of shady. He seemed like he seemed like somebody who was past their prime. Somebody who's reaching. He says he might have an anger issue. 
No, fam, you don't have an anger issue. Not at all. It's not about you have an entitlement issue. If you go listen to this entire interview, more than anything else, that is what I got out of it. Conor McGregor is entitled and he has an entitlement issue. Yo. People always say money changes people. Money doesn't change you. What money does is it shows individuals the person whom you really are. So what that tells me is when he was broke and he was fake humble, it's because he didn't have a choice. He had to be nice. He had to do it. And now that he got this cash, he tried to embody and be this caricature of himself and here's the thing my man went full batman he went full batman he wasn't bruce wayne anymore he became batman he thought he was the notorious one day in and day out look i don't again i bring kobe back up i don't like kobe but from all accounts they say when kobe covington gets behind the screens he takes off the hat, he pays his strippers, and he ends up being a relatively nice guy. Connor hasn't come off that way, man. And I know I sound like I'm shitting on him, but I'm just keeping it a buck. Um, people said that the media have held Connor McGregor up because, and they do this with a lot of the fighters because they want to get interviews with specific fighters. So they're nice to them. They kind of give individuals softballs, right? That is exactly what Ariel Hawani did. Ariel gave him an opportunity to sit there and talk about the, the old man that he punched in the face, but he didn't press him on anything. If you're a journalist or you call yourself a journalist, do your fucking job. Do your job. Ask the questions. Hold these individuals accountable. Tell the truth. Here's the thing, man. I have the, the luxury of not being as big to this point in time. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't need you to be on my show. I'm going to do this regardless. And here's the thing. I'm going to break the fights down regardless. So if you don't like what I say because I am telling the truth and I am looking at you objectively, I don't need you on my show. I don't. Not at all. So for all the media personalities and quote unquote journalists who want to sit there and be nice to fighters and not push people or not ask people legitimate questions, especially questions that the fandom and people should hear. How do you not talk about his issues with not only him in uh, with, like I said, the, the guy getting punched in the face all of his legal shit, the rape case that's still ongoing, the the mob shit, all of this. Why, why didn't Ariel Hawani hold him to it? Conor McGregor going out there and sitting there and saying how, yo, I'm still this badass, but he ran and blah, 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 blah. How does Ariel Hawani not stop him and say, fam, what are you talking about? That's not what happened. That's not even realistic. You got completely dominated in this fight. We both understand fights. Hold people accountable. That is our job. That is what we are here for. And I'll be honest with you guys. I would tell you guys a thousand percent. And here's the thing. You guys have already seen it. I've had two guys who fought each other. 
on the same episode. I'll call them out. I call everybody out, man. But at the same token, if you go by here and do do work, I'm going to give you props. I love Daniel Cormier. I wanted Daniel Cormier to win, and I believe Daniel Cormier won the first three rounds of that fight. But Daniel Cormier fucked up. Daniel Cormier didn't follow the game plan, and the only reason Daniel Cormier lost that fight, one, yes, because of Stipe, but it's because Daniel Cormier didn't do what he was supposed to do. That's why he lost the fight. He didn't, Stipe didn't win that fight. Daniel Cormier lost that fight. There's a difference. You have to be able to be, you have to be willing to say and go out the, all on a limb and do these things. I was very disappointed in Ariel Hawani. Very disappointed, man. Um, but dude, this is why it, it, it got me thinking, right? This, this event, why did Connor even do this? Why did Connor go on Ariel Hawani show and do this whole act I, I really because think about it he punches dude in, in April it just surfaced but if this happened this happened in April he did this because guess what Nate Diaz wins the fight this week everybody's sitting there on pins and needles waiting for him to say what we all want him to say. Nate Diaz is going to get on the mic and be like, Conor McGregor, you took everything I worked for, motherfucker. Bring your ass back so we can get it in. But what does he do? He goes out there and calls out the hottest, baddest dude on the block. Jorge Masvidal, what's up? Ooh, it gives me chills just thinking about it. That's what he did. So why is Conor here? Guess what, people? It's because Conor McGregor realizes that he is becoming a non-factor. He is realizing that the casual fans don't want to see him compete for the championship. We don't want to see a Khabib fight. What? You don't deserve that. You got dealt with and then you quit. We don't want to see you fight Nate. Nate's going to fight the, 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 the other gangster dude out there. That's the fight we want to see. This is what Connor does not take into account. Nobody cares what, if you're doing, you slapping strippers and you punching old dudes and you, you know, doing all this shit and you're winning fights and you got the belt. He's so badass. He's the man. Yay. We're Connor fans. All right. What's up? That's how the fandom is. But when you haven't won a fight in over three years and you slapping the strippers and you punching people and you raping ladies and whatnot. Yo, it gets to a point in time that, bro, I, we've, enough is enough. You're a spectacle. You're a mockery. So. And I'm going to put this on IGTV today and I'm going to do a quick breakdown so more people can come out here and listen to my entire soliloquy about uh, Conor McGregor and how I feel about it. But, um, man, remember, I'm going to say it one more time. He has not won a fight since 2016 and he is demanding certain things. Conor McGregor, for those who are fans, does not have an anger problem. 
Conor McGregor has an entitlement problem. All right, man. Check it out. Um, what else happened this week? Yo, that's truly about it, man. We have a bunch of different call-outs. We have a bunch of different things. The UFC has a doo-doo card coming up this upcoming weekend, man. Um, but I am interested in the main event. I will break that down on our Fight News episode coming up later on this week. I'll also have the return of Brandon Camille. B-Cam is back, man. He went to a wedding. He's coming back. We're going to talk boxing. We're going to talk this Kovalev. And we're going to talk Canelo Alvarez on top of much more in the world of boxing. And uh, what else do we have, man? Bro, we got some interviews coming your way. Finally. I finally got interviews, yo. So we have plenty of interviews heading your way. We have a lot more fun. Well, fine. I almost said fine content. Yeah, we do got some fine ass content. <laughs> we got some fire content, people. Um, check out our IGTV page um, on Instagram at the Fire Podcast. Absolutely, you know, follow your boy at Surgery Synthin. But without further ado, man, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Check out Sage Eats at the website sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months, man. If you're in the Chicagoland area, check us out. If you are not in the Chicagoland area, that is totally cool. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. We still have fitness mentoring and nutrition consulting for you check us out this is what sage eats does man check it out sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 10 percent off your first three months do not forget to follow the fight podcast at the fight podcast let your friends let everybody know that's what we're here for man um we're on all platforms that's google play spotify stitcher apple um soundcloud and more man check us out follow us at the fight podcast this has been episode 135 i'm your boy surgery sent the man love you guys as always thank you for listening we'll be back right here on fight podcast deuces <laughs> <laughs>